Hello, it's me, it's Dave, your friendly podcast editor, with just a very quick side note at the start of this. So we recorded this a couple of weeks back, I've spent all of today sort of editing it, and I've listened back to it, and my audio has gone completely foobar. No idea why, don't know if it's because the mic's going, don't know if it's because it was recording the wrong microphone, I don't know, I've got no idea. So whatever audio we've got on my side isn't particularly great i've tried to clean it up as much as possible it's perfectly listenable and it shouldn't really affect your enjoyment of the episode if you want to skip it though um i completely understand i'll see you next week however before we get going as well just want to say thank you so much to everyone who contributed and has been listening for the past three years honestly it is so humbling that people take time out of their day to even listen and even respond to me on this silly little podcast adventure that I'm uh, undertaking. So thank you very much. Um, Next week we enter year four. Good Lord, year four. Anyway, enjoy the enjoy this uh, third birthday anniversary celebrations part two. And I'll uh, see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Hello, greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Anyone for Seconds podcast. It is officially our third birthday. We are now toddlers. I mean, arguably I was before, but nonetheless, we are now officially toddly toddlers. I am your host, Dave, and with me over there, Provided we've synced correctly and all that sort of gubbins is... My name is Matt and I am not a toddler. I am a man. He's a man-child. Man-child. Boy-man. I'm, I'm a real man. I've not played six hours of video games this morning. No. No, 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 no. How, how are you then? Aside from playing... not Sorry, not playing six hours of video games. Other than that, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I'm not at work, so... We're actually doing a record in the early afternoon, so I'm not. I'm only relatively tired as opposed to massively tired. So hopefully, that will lead to a very good, fluent, lots of well thought through responses to questions I can't remember. <laughs> and this won't. This won't be a dog fire at all. This will be. This will be great. Yes. Yes. I. I completely agree with that. Um. Yeah. Except I haven't put in the six hours on vidigums this morning. <laughs> well, no. I imagine you've only been up ten minutes. No, I've been up a couple of hours. I've, I, it's been Christmas here. I've got all sorts come in the post for podcast and other related things, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Following on from last week's best of twenty twenty two discussion type deal, this week we, we're going to take a we're going to take a look back at the year that was twenty twenty two on in. In the podcast, and first and foremost, again, I say it every week to all of the listeners listening right now, thank you very, very much for listening. Um, arguably, probably wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for all of the listeners. So, again, thank you very much. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I tend to forget you're one of the listeners, aren't you, technically? Yeah, yeah mm. I, 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 I do listen back to the stuff. 
especially the stuff that I'm not involved in, I, I listen back to, unless it's about a gory, horrible film to which I read the blurb of it and go, yeah, no, it's not for me, then I don't listen to it. <laughs> that explains the, the the lack of listens on some episodes. But yeah, that kind of that kind of makes sense. So this year we've pretty much stuck to our standard format, to be honest. Did drop the music episodes kind of middle of the year, but again, it's me mainly doing those, and that's... I need a break from them. They take so long to write and edit and get the clips in and find an actual album I want to listen to. However, I must admit, I was really proud of the last music episode that went out, which was the... uh, which is episode 53. Now, that's what I call a podcast episode, which is all about... um, and that's what I call music albums and such. So that was that was a lot of fun getting to dive back into that weird and wonderful world and research it and kind of personal takes on it and things like that. Really enjoyed doing that. Um, do want to go back to it at some point though. Maybe as general overall overviews, but you know, as I've said before, this is like a hobby, and if if I'm not enjoying it, then what's the point? You know. Yeah, there's no point forcing yourself to do it. It's do what you want to do. That's probably a song. Is that like um, the Irish girls? No, anyway, yeah, there's no point doing music episodes. You're like, Matt, why don't you do music episodes or contribute to them? Well, as you heard of from my uh, music picks of the year, I just don't tend to do music. (laughs) I listen to the same albums year in, year out. I don't really adventure much on the music front whereas i'm more likely to listen to podcasts or audiobooks uh, opposed to actual actual musical albums of a musical nature mm. um, and we don't have a segment for that so i'm kind of stuck um not participating today i re-listened to acdc for the 400th time and it's still good <laughs> yeah like I, I don't know what more i could offer you than that no, that's, um, other than, that's completely yeah, fair. Yeah, it's good. Good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and if you don't like it, then there's something wrong with you. No, um, that's, that's completely fair. Uh, yeah, that's my stance on it. We're having a hardline <laughs> stance. That's, that's, that's the rules. Yeah. I think we had a couple but more... Anyway, you need, to, you need to segue us out of this rabbit hole I'm digging. That's fine. Um, I must admit, as well, I think probably... Have you got a favourite episode that either you've been in or that like you enjoyed listening to or favourite episode? Oh from twenty twenty two. From twenty twenty two. Of your podcast. Yes. Let's have a little scroll up the news feed. My immediate thoughts are no. <laughs> purely because I remember more the moments of recording as opposed to the actual broadcast um in terms of film episodes pretty much again i don't listen to them if they're horror and you've done a fair few of those this year so i've not listened to a large proportion of them no i think in terms of potentially uh favorite episode half of them probably haven't even been released yet knowing you (laughs) Um, so yeah favorite episode i don't think i've got one as such in terms of what's the final finished broadcast pro, uh, project? No. Product? No. Podcast. 
Whereas if we were to say, do I have some favourite mo moments or, or or bits that we worked on that probably hit the cutting room floor, then yes, I could definitely name you those. For example, I fondly remember getting uh, immensely angry at you failing at Predator Concrete Jungle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which wound me up no end because I just don't understand how you're so consistently bad at video games. Like, they've had standardised controls and buttons for so many years now. I just don't, can't, <laughs> just can't fathom it. Confuses me. Um, and I think also we had a lot of um, fun on some of our longer. I think we did a couple fan edit episodes this year. We definitely um, did one. I'm just looking back, back now. That we circuited back to. That was always quite good in terms of. It's an interesting thing in that. They stand out in my memory as such. I was going to say, I'm just looking now. We put out Fan Edit Conundrum Part 3, and that was where we watched Bateman Begins. Ah, uh, yes, the American Psycho slash Batman Begins. Yeah, uh, that was... was... A little bit of machinist thrown in for good measure. And his onset ranting on Terminator Salvation as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Such a, just... such a strange thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy... I enjoyed that as well because I think before or after that we had watched another a fan edit as well, which just didn't qualify for release. So yeah, no, uh, th those are sort of my immediate standout memories in terms of what I've participated in. Obviously, behind the scenes, we've played extensive amount of video games and things that just just don't broadcast. You know, we did our timely Matrix episode that that took six months to release. <laughs> That was that was pretty good. That that tied in quite nicely. That's on uh, same with same with our predator um, tying episode for the release of Prey on on uh, Hulu slash Disney Plus over here. You know that I think that took a good six months to see the light of day as well. Yep. You know all these timely tie-ins to hit the algorithms and that. And at the point of recording, I said to Dave, "Hey, do you, do you want to watch some of the uh, Last of Us with us?" and do a tie-in episode just to, to try and hit some algorithm or, or clicks and that, and he's going, nope. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're not even prepared to break out of that, that that habit of going, here's some easy things to get some traffic and potentially increase the listener base uh, and things like that, which is just quite nice to, to reach more people. To which you're like, nope. Um, okay. Yeah, fine. I'm, I'm not going to press that. Just... <laughs> Just don't come to me when you're talking about wanting to expand or, or do more new things <laughs> when you want even do easy, 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 um, easy tie-in yeah. things that are... Yeah, like, for example, at the moment, The Last of Us, that's just got so many suggestions on podcast feeds, on YouTube, on review movie sites, game websites... TV, uh, entertainment sites, it's just everywhere. And I'm like, we should just do something around that. And you're like, no, just, just you're not the, you're not the one editing them. Then, like, then no, you do. I, I, if you, if I could talk you into just turning up to watch that, I'd <laughs> fucking edit that and get that out the same day. Like, I, I don't see what your resistance is. It's like, oh, it's on my list. Yeah, it's on I don't list. even bother bringing. I don't even bother bringing up the list anymore. That it's just it's beyond the joke. It's like something you should seek help for. Ridiculous. To be fair, it has accumulated more over Christmas and the break. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I just don't bring it up because it's 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 structurally a burden in the building that you reside in. Like that floor's going to give out soon, and you're going to be downstairs. 
That's fine. Uh, if you keep expanding your list, no, it's not fine because you won't be paying for the repair. <laughs> no. Moving on from that, however. <laughs> uh, yeah, go on then. Probably this year, I think my favourite ones, like I said, is the Now That's What I Call a Podcast. And then I think the guest episodes as well I've done this year have been a lot of fun because they've been really different. Yeah, that's, that's true. I forgot about that. I, I did quite enjoy your car boot sale and I also quite enjoyed listening about um, voice work. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure if I liked listening to you squeal about Barbie, but that may have <laughs> been more the filming question as opposed to the guest. I think that was the year before, right? <laughs> was that even the year before? Well, I have a hard time it breaking the year it down before. in my yeah. mind. Because you, you do things and you tell, tell me about them, then it takes so long for them actually to appear in the podcast feed. It's very hard for me to sort of judge. That's the thing with procrastination, right? Is I have a very long list, as you well know, of things I want to do, things I want to watch, things I want to play, and they just and I just add to the backlog. But then I don't take anything off the front of the backlog. Yeah. <laughs> but I had noticed. But yeah, those those guest episodes I did this year were a lot of fun. So yeah, ch- challenging Morecambe was was a lot of fun with the one in the one charity shop which behind the scenes there was going to be more than one but we could only find one like decent charity shop to do it in as in finding it if you don't know what we're talking about go back and listen to it it's i had a lot of fun editing it as well because i tried to make it sound like an old an old bbc an old vhs tape whether arguably whether it works or not i don't know but i had a lot of fun editing that just going through finding loads of old um like VHS idents and stuff. That was a lot of fun. I just wouldn't have thought that Morecambe was so affluent that it didn't need charity shops. That's the bit that blows my mind more than anything <laughs> else, personally. The uh, the chat I had with Amber as well about voice acting was a lot of fun. Probably shouldn't have recorded that on the hottest day of the year, but, you know, we live, we live and we learn. It's fine. Yeah, and then release it on one of the coldest days of the year. Well, no, it came out like a month after, but it was like, oh, it was a lot of fun. And as well, we had uh, the lovely Voritoni on as well, uh, talking about one of his favourite films as well. That was a lot of fun as well, kind of expanding and talk, talking about something something that I wouldn't necessarily watch. A lot of fun. Again, thank you all very much for listening, and we hope to continue on this forward trajectory next year. And I need to pull yeah. my finger out and... Yeah. <laughs> Do the easy easy wins. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I've played the last of us video games like a point of release quite extensively. You were again, you were late getting there, but then you did eventually get there. You played the last of us games. I, I think we would have opinions on the show. I've got opinions on the show and I have no forum in which to discuss them. Nah. We, we could easily do an episode to go here is our initial impressions and then do a follow-up at season conclusion to go hey here are our final thoughts on on the season that was uh, even if we did it as like like a semi-special like i don't i don't see what your resistance is maybe maybe for the season um, finale maybe we'll we'll do something we'll we'll figure something we'll figure something out you gotta start it let alone worry about the finale <laughs> Look, look, I'm off this week talking well. about by time like season five's out. <laughs> you remember we wanted to do that thing with Halo as well? 
And then we never did. Yeah, I said, why don't we do a tie-in about the Halo episode because everybody's hating on it, so that's easy. You hate, you like, enjoy whinging about shit stuff, though you'd probably like this. I have no opinion on the Halo video game, thereby I could judge it on its merits as a TV show. And you're like, yeah. And then that's as far as it went. Yeah. <laughs> Put all these great suggestions out there and he just just doesn't want to. It's oh, <laughs> oh. like watching him play a video game is trying to get him to, to sit down and watch it. I think it's taken about six months to get you to play some of Assassin's Creed so you can build up that understanding of the video game and the world so that we can sit down and watch the fucking film. Hook and tease, hook and tease, by the way. Which is, yeah, hook and tease for like 12 months down the line at a rate this is fucking progressing. Um, that's what this episode is, everybody, by the way. It's just me getting annoyed at... This is just parlum day. ...time management. So that's all very, very well and good. But I understand there are some some questions from some listeners that aren't me. Yes. Yes, there are. Would you like to commence the questioning? Yes. We're, we're doing this like a mastermind specialist subject. My my specialist subject is anyone for seconds podcast. But yeah, sorry, I was just checking the email. There's nothing in the email. Okay, so I, I was tempted to send one into the email address just to just to get your hopes up and in it. Just well, you never know nonsense. You never know. That's the thing. You never know. You have to check the emails. I do check them. Contrary to popular belief, I do check the emails. I'll tell you what was quite funny though, yeah. this year. I had an email. And it, uh, on the podcast email, and it was like one of those old-fashioned um, chain emails. Oh, brilliant! But it was in foreign. It was like in um, it was either in like German or or Spanish or something. And I was like, okay, I haven't seen one of these in years. Why have they sent it to? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, was it a chain email, or was it, or was it insightful? Did you pop it into Google Translate or a translation service of of non-Google origin? And it was just a load of jokes. And I was like, okay, there's no context for this, but fine, okay. Load of jokes? Are you going to read any out? Um, I don't think I have the email anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you, you, what you did there is you ignored a listener's uh, improvement suggestions. Uh, yeah, all right, all right, all right. We're, we're, are we done dunking right, on Dave now? now? Are we done dunking yeah, on Dave? Now. Are we sure? Yeah, any more? Want to go for a gut punch? Uh... Dunking on Dave, is that like the space dunk from Shut Up and Jam with Charles Barkley? Which is the true sequel to Space Jam, the movie. You've lost me there. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. God. Anyway, questions. First question comes from Catherine at 6581forever on the Twitters. Thank you very much. Hi, how's it going? They ask, have you seen the Phantasm series of films? If so, what did you think about them, especially the final film? Um, so I think your answer is going to be a very quick one, Matt. Yes, the, the answer to that question is no. Um, so can I double check, actually? Is Phantasm the one with the old guy in the floating ball orb? Yes. Ball of orbs? Yes. Orbs of balls? Yes. Did he cameo or appear in something else at some point? Either him, the actor, or him, the character, appeared in another franchise as like a reference or something? Because I feel like I've seen footage of that. I don't know if it was a cameo or maybe 
back in the late 90s when, do you remember when Channel 4 did the top 100 greatest films in this genre or the top 100 TV shows or the top 100 um, churn it out cheap shit for people to watch. Um, I'm pretty sure Phantasm was, yeah, no, I'm bored now. Um, (laughs) Over to you. Right, to answer this question, I've seen one of them, and I've seen the first one, which arguably, a lot of people say, is the only one you need to see. So I saw it uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, It was definitely after I moved back, so it was probably 2019, 2020. It was on what was called the Horror Channel, which no longer exists in the UK, RIP. Does it Um, not? No, they've completely changed tack now. They're called a uh, legend, oh, and they seem to focus on no. They seem to focus more on uh, sci-fi and such. I used to follow Emily Booth on Twitter because she used to do a lot of stuff for the Horror Channel, and she went just turned mm. around one day and went, "Oh, I don't work for the Horror Channel anymore. They're changing their branding." I was like, "Oh, okay." And then yeah, so apparently they're legend now. Good for them. I guess, expand your horizons and such like. But yeah, I watched it on there, the first film. I think it was a new restoration because it had the bad robot logo at the front of it. Bad robot. That's the one. So it must have been, yeah, so it must have been a new a new restoration of some variety. And I remember really liking it. Kind of really tense and gory for the time what it was. Um, I would like to see more of them. Don't get me wrong, because I know Arrow Video did put out, I think they put out a big box set, but it was either them or it was, maybe I'm getting conflated, or there was a DVD box set actually in the sphere, the silver sphere, and you opened it up and it had the discs in it. Back up a minute here. There was a Phantasm film as recently as 2016. Yes. Wow. Because that was, that was before, um, that was before Matey died. I can't remember his name now. The guy that plays the tall man, he's, I think he's died now. Oh, uh, let me look that out. Because I was just looking because it looks like the first three films were written and directed by the same person being Don Coscarelli. Yep. But the newest one, had he was a writer alongside two others. Yeah. Let me look up who the tall man is. Tall man is Angus Scrim. Uh, yeah, I was yes, say passed it was away in passed away twenty sixteen at the age of eighty nine. So yeah, I don't know if it was posthumous or what have you. That last film it must um, have been. It, yeah, it says release posthumously on the filmography. Hmm. Does that mean in that film he actually starred? He actually starred as the tall man in that in Phantasm Ravager. That's um, that's the newest one, isn't it? Oh. Ravager. Yeah. yeah, but he managed to appear in that, and that released the same year as his death. Yeah, yeah. it's um, yeah, but there was a big box set. It must have been in the early two thousands. I know it came in the sphere, and it had the blades around the side of it. It was like really nice collector's bit, and I'm pretty sure Arrow Video put one out a couple of years ago as well on Blu-ray. Again, in the sphere. Because I did look at mm. it and I thought, well, I could buy that. And then I didn't. Bit similar to what they did with the Hellraiser films and doing it in the... Uh, oh, God, what's the cube called? It's got a name. 
what's the name of the Cuban Hellraiser? Is it Lamartian's oh, uh, the the Lament configuration, the Lamartian's configuration or something? I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've seen Hellraiser. Let, let me Google that again. Could have done a time for that for the new Hellraiser film. It didn't come out over here. It's not had so? a UK release, as far as I can tell. So. No. All the more reason. What we could do then is totally watch it legally via the internet, get an episode prepped. So when it has your release over here, you could release it tied in. Because if it's going to take six to 12 months, then that would have been enough time for you to have. Uh... Yeah. It was kind of one of the reasons why I took out Disney Plus, because it's a Hulu production. I thought, oh, that would go on Disney Plus. And then it didn't. Yeah. So, sorry, your question was what's the box called? Yeah, in Hellraiser, it's uh, either the Lambent configuration or the Martians configuration or something. Uh, so I can't remember what it's hopefully called. Hopefully the plot synopsis on Wikipedia says it's a puzzle box. But it's known, uh, yeah, it's like one of the later films, they give it a name. Oh, in a later film. Okay, so let me go to Hellraiser. Franchise, two. disinfiguration. Uh, Citation, so. consider revision. Hellraiser 2. Hellbound. Doo, doo, doo. Uh, oh, yes, it's called Lament Configuration. The Lament Configuration. Okay, I was close. I knew it was something like that. So I don't know what Lambent's uh, from or the Martians. Maybe the Martians was the merchant or something. I don't know. I... Listeners, you can tell me. Write in. Figure it out. Where am I getting confused? I'm getting confused somewhere, but I don't know where. So. Is that a character name or? I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Uh, it could be uh, it could be the name of the seller. It could be where it comes from. It could be, it could be anything. It could literally be anything. Yeah, um, but Phantasm's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, originally released in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. And it was, I know it had a really big, long-reaching influence on the horror cinema and, and such like that. But I love that. That first yeah. one was great. I do want to watch that first one again. Made for three hundred made for $300,000. It was an independent film. Yep. Went on at box office to take $22 million. Wow. Yeah, that was... Impressive proper. for yeah. the time. It was, yeah, it was a big game-changer. Because that would have been the year before Friday the 13th and stuff as well. So, arguably, Phantasm could have been one of those films that made, like, big budget studios go, oh, we need to pick up more independent stuff, which is, like, why they picked up Friday the 13th and such like. Because Friday the 13th had already been made, but it was picked up by whoever it was. In late, so according to Wikipedia, this is where I'm getting all my information from for this because I can't really contribute. In late 2015, Cossarelli, so that's the right director, showed a work in progress 4K restoration of Phantasm at the Bartnomathon Film Festival. It was supervised by Coscarelli at Bad Robot Productions. That's the one. Bad, Robot become, Bad Robot become involved because director JJ, JJ Abrams. Yeah, um, he loves the film. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a fan of the series. Requested a screening of the film. Um, Cosarelli told him he did not have a high quality print, 
So Abrams volunteered the use of the technicians of Bad Robot for the restoration. The complete restoration premiered at SXSW in yeah. March 2016, did a limited cinema run uh, in September of 2016, and then was released subsequently in Blu-ray in December of 2016. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not often you get um, fans of a series go, yeah, we want to we wanna, we wanna restore this or whatever. It doesn't happen often, yeah. if at all. Well, I guess if a fan of the series has got some big Hollywood juice at the time, so this would have just either been just before or just after um, The Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams was held in high regard. Yeah. Um, fortunately, it wasn't just after the, the, um, the last Star Wars film where he wouldn't have been in held as in such a high regard, but that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. But anyway, um, talk, talk some more about Phantasm. Um. I can't really say a lot else. I, I I really dug it. I do want to see the rest of them. Um, like I say, I'm going to find some time and I'm going to pick up the box set at some point. And yeah, because it's all very iconic and lots of other things reference it and and such like. So I yeah, sw- yeah. I was going to say I'm pretty sure I've seen the character of the tall man in other things. I I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. But it is most definitely a thing that must have occurred because I haven't seen the film. Yeah. So it must be true. Uh, I'm just having a look. Has a meta score of 72. It's yeah. not bad. It's not a bad meta score either. For a film from 1979, and for it to be a horror film as well, it's, it's not mm. bad going, to be fair. Especially since... Um, at time of recording, the uh, nominations for the Oscars have just come out, and there's a lot of people like bitching online saying that Mia Goff was snubbed for uh, Pearl because it was a horror film. And um, yeah, and those films, as I explained on the previous episode, quite widely held in good regard with regards to meta scores and Rotten Tomatoes. I I think you need to do a retrospective because. Phantasm 2, which released in 1988, so quite a few years after the original, yeah. has a meta score of 42. Ooh. Phantasm 3, released in 1994, did not ha- does not have a meta score, which I guess means they couldn't find any critical critic reviews. Yeah. Did over with Phantasm 4 Oblivion. Yeah. However, Phantasm Ravager, Ravager, the most recent one, the 2016, has a meta score of 48. So that's um, that's a thing. I'm wondering if they were straight to video um, in the 80s and the me, 90s, and because they were straight to video, not many outlets would have got. Let me click on it and see what it says. Uh. It's only got two critic reviews, and maybe that's not enough for it to and also that, do its yeah. calculations, perhaps. 7.0 on the user score if we're talking about Phantasm 3. Yeah. Uh, the thing with users, user scores with a cult series like that is that the fans are going to be... Yeah, we like 12 this. of them. Yeah, there's like 12 <laughs> of them. It could be like, yeah, this is the best film ever, and it's probably not. You get that whole. You get that. You get a good overview as the series as a whole, but you don't necessarily get a good indication on the film. 
I'm, I'm just watching a trailer for Phantasm 3. Ooh. I would like to say the special effects on the floating orb is awful. It's a ball on a string. Good, good, uh, good. You're selling it to me. Oh, one of them does involve a very basic T-1000 style metal man turning into the orb, but then it becomes a ball on a string. Good. Uh, there good. is a... Uh, a lady with nunchucks deflecting one of the orbs. Stop selling I me this film. There is some sort of a zombie scenario occurring in parallel to these orbs. Ooh, that orb just had spikes come out of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> Phantasm 3 is called Lord of the Dead. Yes, uh, yes, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think you should do. A retrospective on that, and here's a question back to to the fans of the podcast, or 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 of listening fans of listening to things in general. Would would they enjoy a retrospective series of Dave going through franchise things, or or just in general, as opposed to one film at a time? Would you would you find that a franchise retrospective or something along those natures more interesting, or or perhaps like a, a live stream Q&A on, on a film for your impressions or something? Maybe. Uh, that could be quite know. fun, actually. Uh, yeah. I need to sort out the... Um, I need to sort out the the what's wrong for the people view, uh, voted for at the start of the month, actually, thinking about it. I'll, I'll find a date yeah. and I'll put it out. Because the lovely... Yeah. I don't know if you're aware, Matt, but we did a vote online... Um, for the next watch along, uh, yeah. and they picked Ninja Terminator because they're savages. All Is that of them. the one that I suggested? I no, can't remember it... what it was. I, I know because I don't do believe in Twitter. I just told you what my pick was, and I didn't. I don't. I don't do the polls. Um, Snubbed again. Kind of guy. There was. There, I'll tell you what there was. There was uh, Future Cops, which I think was your pick. Which was there were uh, the knockoff Street Fighter SNK film. Oh uh, yeah, maybe that's what it yeah, was. There yeah. was Ninja Terminator, which is Godfrey Ho doing all kinds of ninja stuff he really shouldn't be doing. Meet the Feebles again, snubbed. I really want to watch Meet the Feebles again. People keep snubbing it. It's like a joke at this point. And then there was also yeah, okay. Polgasari, which is more of an interesting topic, which is the North Korean kaiju movie. Uh... Which is interesting to talk about. But um, yeah, you voted for Ninja Terminator, you savages. It is happening. It's coming soon. Anyway. Cool. Next question. All right. Next question. Next question is from former guest of the show, uh, Amber. At Amber Leah HX on the Twitters. And she asks, who's your dream guest? Oh, right. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> I could be I could be self deprecating and say Amber, you're our favourite guest, you're our dream guest, but I'm not going oh, to. Oh, so you, you were being kind, whereas I just went, who would I like to chat to? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Why? Or, or literally any eighties action stuff. I think because if say with him, he's an interesting person because you think world champion bodybuilder. Runs a load of businesses, did some politics, did a lot of acting. He's in his 70s now. I just think you'd have so much wisdom to offer on varying topics that aren't necessarily anything to do with 
films or movies that I think he would just be a good person just to have a, a talk to and you could just go off in any sort of um, potential direction and avenue I think would be quite quite interesting um, in terms of a more serious answer I guess are we, are we talking about like um, things that are achievable or like just, I think it's just dream as in perfect world scenario that everything aligns for whatever reason uh God dear, that's yeah. Can I may stick with my first answer because that was my immediate gut. That was my immediate gut reaction without too much thought. So that probably tells you I, who I am. For me, it will never happen in a million years ever. But I think talking to someone like Sam Raimi or yeah. possibly like a direct. Yeah, maybe even Bruce Campbell could be a lot of fun. Do 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 Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. It's the same. It's the same logic, <clears throat> isn't it? Going that yeah. that that slightly older people have a lot of life experience, which just automatically means you could go off at any sort of random tangent just based on anything, couldn't you? To be yeah, like, I mean, okay, yes, they predominantly worked in films, but if you were to say. Some some same round way doing the independent sort of horror films and yeah. doing some big blockbuster films and then taking a break. Um, so I know he needs a holiday um, <laughs> for like ten plus years and that. But also going all the other things he's sort of been done. He's done he, like TV, yeah, a lot of quite, a lot anything, of producing and stuff as well, yeah. And um, sort of anything to do with the industry would be quite interesting. And then as for. Bruce Campbell, Lord only knows where your conversation could go. Um, and I think that'd just be fascinating to hear about things from an actor's perspective. And again, I've listened to interviews with him and various topics and and things. Um Yeah, I, I think really it's not so much that there's a dream person. I think it's maybe people from the these mystical or or what I would perceive to be unachievable. Yeah jobs or industries like how do you even get into that sort of industry i would love to talk to a director who's done like literally everything so they've done like theater they've done like tv they've done like uh films and stuff to kind of get like the differences and if you talk to like sam rainamy i would want to ask him about the evil dead musical what he thinks about it has he Mm. seen it is he aware of it yeah, you know, and things like oh, yeah. that, and how how he's experienced like from low budget, like we're gonna go shoot in on location in a cabin in the woods with the roof taken off, so we can do all of these weird and wonderful effects and and stuff like that. To like what the fuck happened with Spider Man Three, and um, what was gonna happen in this other trilogy of Spider Man films you're gonna make. And even turning around, just going, what the fuck happened with like uh, the Oz prequel, you know? Or even talking about Xena, because he was a producer on Xena, right? Yeah, I think he that's was, why wasn't I referenced yeah. TV shows, yeah. Like, the, there's so many different, like, for example, I wouldn't mind talking to Sir Ian McKellen or Sir Patrick Stutt for similar reasons. You think so much experience in so many different things, like, Amazing, and again, you'd want to talk to Patrick Stewart to go, Why are you doing Picard? I, I think for me, probably what I need to do is conventions and just go listen to these QA things because that probably just <laughs> scratch my itch, and then maybe I could come come back with a more serious answer to the question. Um, because 
I can't even really think of a dream person to sort of interview because I have no interview experience or a dream guest and that. Again, it would be, is it just an online telephone web call or is it like an in-person thing? Like, like, can you imagine like putting Arnold in front of like a computer game going, play this? <laughs> um, yeah, his reactions. Like, like, I can't even imagine the scenario. So if it's like a talking thing, then I'd want someone of interest, but... Uh, like, are you just going to go? Here's a shit film from an Italian gore director. Watch this. <laughs> I my my thing would be because you're talking about Arnold. My worry would be it would be like all of his no. um no, it'd be all like his um DVD commentaries and stuff that he does for films. Have you ever seen any of the clips from his uh DVD commentaries? I think the no. um. Oh, I think the Total Recall one is the most notorious. He does it with um, Paul Verhoeven. And basically, right. whenever nobody is talking, Arnold's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, I love this bit on the screen where I do this and I do that because this is what my character is thinking and stuff. It's a poor Arnold impression, mm. but I'm not going there. But he basically like narrates everything that's going on on the screen. It's so weird. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it, actually. Hold on. But then again, it, that that's just an example of... He's been left to talk about a lot of direction. He's like, commentary, what they don't want me to talk about what's happening and my experiences on the film. Uh, it kind of makes sense if if you're not sort of being prompted or where well, you're so used to, I guess, in that role being interviewed and being fed certain questions to then have to do independent thought and stuff. I, I, I don't know, perhaps. Uh, it says verify your age, so I'm unable to watch that. They're not getting my personal credentials. I'll I'll send you it later. It it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it no, great. I would say it's it's totally cool. But yeah, like hell, like if you talk about say the video game industry, like there are so many people I'd, I'd want to talk to, but I don't speak Japanese. I'd love to talk to some of the team behind the original Resident Evil games that sort of the first two to three and or maybe talk to the existing team and go, why the fuck won't you remake Code Veronica? <laughs> um, Shigeru Miyamoto, not Shigeru Miyamoto. Um, who's the guy that comes up with Shikami. Uh, yeah, that's the what guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, Shinji Mikami, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that's it, sorry, because he was asked yeah, to get involved in a project because he's a scaredy cat. Yeah, that, so that would be interesting. the game interesting. scares him, right. That would be an then I'd also maybe just want to talk to, just just like I give you a hard time, get like uh, someone at Capcom on just to give them a hard time. Go, mm-hmm. where the fuck's my Dino Crisis remake? <laughs> like, like you you've got to talk to me for an hour, and it's just going to be me going on at you for for an hour because that's what I've decided the rules are in my mind. Just going, where's my Dino Crisis remake? <laughs> the fuck's going on? It's a good way to get blacklisted. To be fair. <laughs> But th- but then my name gets around, and then maybe someone will go, ah, Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis. That's a thing that we owned. Yeah, somebody somewhere, or they'll start to gather momentum because it's got press, bad press, but uh, in in media, but any press is good press, isn't it? Apparently, just to get people talking about the game again. Oh, yeah, but even then, they'll just relist the originals on um, digital storefronts or something, then, wouldn't they? That they do some sort of cash in and that because it just generates clicks and and um, and loads of people in the audience of our kind of age bracket going, I remember, 
I remember. I remember Danny Curtis yeah. and member. Yeah, no, you you uh, spot on there. So, so, so I've I've kind of drifted all over the place. Sorry, did you want to to answer the question? No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. You've 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 basically nailed it. <laughs> you yes, nailed it. Should we, should we move on to our final question? Uh, Unless you've yeah, got go any more thoughts. Yeah, we got we got one final question. Uh, any more thoughts? Well, on the musical front, like. Brian Johnson's an interesting guy, lead singer of ACDC, but, you know, I've watched interviews with him, I've watched interviews with Angus Young, the lead guitarist, but again, those would be interesting people to talk to after so long, just to be like, how are you still doing what you're doing? How how are you alive? uh, Yeah, and just sort of conversations like that, going, what's the sort of, how do you, as I know you talked about recently on the episode where you said about those guys booking out the studio and doing a recording every year for like 12 yeah. hours solid and just writing music. I'd love to just talk to like like one of my favourite bands to go, how do you, how do, you do it? <laughs> do, do you book out studio time and just jam and improv or do you write lyrics first or do you... Yeah. What is your process? How how do you do it? No, no, don't give me the TV answer. How do you actually do it? How, and how? Just, yeah. Yeah, just how? Like, do you just sit there, pluck away on the guitar, and then go, yeah, that's a cool... Say, for example, like, if we talk about Thunderstruck. Yeah. That, that intro where you've kind of got the drums coming in, and then just that opening riff. And I'm like, how, how did you devise that? Like, clearly with that one, the music comes first and the lyrics later. But maybe I'm mistaken. But yeah, it, it, that'd be an interesting conversation to have. It wouldn't be hmm. generic questions. It'd be like really um, me nerding out over certain things and, and nobody would want to listen to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Next question. I'm three for free so far. Or two for free. Time, time for the final question now. This is our last one. Unless you can come up with any more at the end of it, but we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. Is this one? Is this one worth bonus points or anything? Like, um, you you can have a Mars bar. Ah, okay, right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested now. Right, good, yeah. good, good. Especially because it's something that you probably won't necessarily have an answer to, but I'll love to see your answer For to it. Sake. So this one is from friend of the show, Roxmore. How's it doing, fella? Hope you're all right. And he asks, what classic horror film could do with a remake? And who would you cast? Well, clearly the answer to that is Phantasm. Um, <laughs> classic horror film that could do with a remake. Um, can so my I've got question I've got some questions back because it, I don't have an immediate answer and I know you do. So my questions back, which will then allow me more information to process. Can you, Dave, define for me what makes a horror film classic? Just so I can start to build that box up to give you an answer. What makes it classic? The fact that it's good, the fact that it's old, or the fact that it was universally critically panned, but everybody loves it. What what's the what's the box here? So for me, a classic horror film, if you were going to ask me, is something that. Well, it's a difficult one because a classic horror film could be anything from Nosferatu all the way to something like Hereditary. 
two completely different films and style of films, two completely different like time periods, but both arguably classics in their field. Similarly, even comparing like The Wicker Man to Nosferatu, again, two completely different styles of films, both considered classics in their field. While necessarily they may not be critically loved, because even something like The Shining is seen as a horror classic, although arguably I probably wouldn't call it horror, I would probably call it more of a psychological thriller. But when that came out, don't forget that people absolutely hated it, and that was the first year the Razzies were on, uh, very timely because the latest Razzie nominations are out. Um, that was nominated for a worst picture at the time. And now you look at it, you go back at it, and people herald it as this absolute masterclass in tension, uh, acting, sound design, set design, everything about it. People absolutely love it. I'm, I'm a bit cold on it. It probably needs a rewatch. But even that, I mean, even I would consider. I would consider something like Cannibal Holocaust. A, uh, I say that because I'm looking at the Blu-ray over there. Um, I would consider that a classic because, all right, it's not necessarily the best film, but it did something different. It invented, it basically invented like the found footage genre, while it still has the atrocities of like animal slaughter in it on on camera for real, purely for entertainment purposes, and obviously. Uh, sexual violence towards women and such like that I still consider that to be a classic because it did something different and it did it well so it's really kind of it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to quantify do you know what I mean yeah because I I wouldn't have said I wouldn't have said hereditary was a classic at all so basically your criteria to me of a classic of what would be deemed a classic horror film is any horror film. So I'm no better off for trying to answer your question. The thing with hereditary is it's... I hate this new phrase that, that the media and review and critics have been throwing around, which is high-concept horror. I fucking hate that term. Call it what it is. It's a horror film. Even though like it might be about a family going through a traumatic loss and and this and that. It's it's a horror film through and through. It's got classic mm. horror traits. Don't call it a fucking high concept thing because you don't want to market it as a fucking horror film. It is what it is, you know? But that's something else for another time completely different. You could even say like Friday the thirteenth is a classic horror. Even though it completely rips off Halloween, it rips off it even rips off like classic uh, Italian giallo and stuff like that. Mm. It's heavily influenced by stuff like Bay of Blood um, from uh, uh, Mario Bava from like the seventies. Uh, yeah, the seventies. Friday the Thirteenth Part One is it's fine, but when you look back at it now, it's it's very dated. But that was considered a you know that was that's considered a classic. Even something like Nightmare on Elm Street. That's considered a classic. All right, you got diminishing returns with like the sequels, but it's still considered a classic because of what it did for the time and what it achieved. And they even tried to remake them, arguably to varying degrees of success. Might cover them on the podcast at some point. Who knows? So I won't say too mm. much about them now. But it, the fact they even have like remakes 
to them must mean that somebody considers them a classic, right? Surely. You know, because you could even argue, you could argue that, like, The Hills Have Eyes, that's had a remake. Is that a classic? I mean, possibly, potentially, you know. I mean, even people, even people herald stuff like meta stuff, like Scream. It's a classic because of what it was trying to do at the time. It was so different from all the other standard slashers from around that time because it was the early 90s. And even that opening scene with Drew Barrymore did something different. Although, arguably, that's a riff on Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho from the 60s. I've just Googled classic horror films. Okay. So, I think most of them have had remakes. Yeah. I could give you a Joe Cantor of a film that, was, like, I could say, let's remake Midsummer. Like, I could name a recent film and go, yeah, let's give that a remake, see what someone else does with a concept, but... I'm looking up and down this list, and the only one I don't think has actually had a remake is maybe like The Exorcist. They they keep trying to, <laughs> they keep trying. But again, would would I want them to? No. Who would I who would I want to direct on casting it? I don't have a clue. Anybody have Steven Spielberg do it? Let's see what he let's see what he does. <laughs> he did his own version of Exorcist. It was called Poltergeist. And that yeah, was supposed to be a Toby Hooper film. <laughs> All right, okay then. Okay, right, okay. Here we go. My brain's wearing up now. Can we get some of the bad films that will probably be cult classics right. remade into good films? So can could we look at, say, what was that shit one, uh, The Five Night at Freddy's, but wasn't that the... Um, Are you talking the, about Willy's Wonderland? With, yeah, Willy's Wonderland the was the one. Was what was the other one with like um, uh, the Banana Splits movie? Yeah, uh, like Winnie the Pooh. Recently, is could we have a decent attempt at one of those that then becomes the classic in that subcategory of Ooh. giant people in children's costumes slash mechanical slash possessed monsters. That that's almost like a little starting to become a little category of going, oh, this is just a children's thing, but now it's a horror thing. C- could we have one of those done done good, that then becomes a classic? So I'm I'm totally ruining your question here, Oxmoor. But could we <laughs> could we go down that route and have to go because all of these would be cult classics. Like we'd watch the Nicolas Cage one because it's bad. In, in that kind of manner, would rewatch the Banana Split ones because it's so bad. The Winnie the Pooh one looks so bad, but I don't think it will be good. Like, could we have somebody of merit remake or take that concept and do it well? I'm trying to think of a good director now who, who maybe could give it a go. Um, let's have a think. Who's a good director? Come and throw some directors at me. <laughs> for this, for this, for this uh, killer robot child thing. Yeah. I mm, part of me just wants uh, to go fuck it and give it to the ja- give it to a Japanese kaiju director. Yeah, maybe or something uh, like that because I, I I tell you what you do with it. I, I don't I don't necessarily care about the director, but I, I know what studio I'd give it to now. Right. Okay. I, I would get. I'd give it to that very obvious studio. Would you give you it to A twenty four? 
<laughs> I would give it to A24. Right, okay. Because, uh, you know, they would don't tend to do shit. Um, they tend to do pretty good stuff. So can I just give them the concept and just go, that's your concept, now just do it good? you good. Even if you put a spin on it, just take this core concept and write a good story around it and then just do it and then have whoever the fuck you want. And, it, mm. and if I want someone to star in it, can I just randomly pick some... Who's an actor right now that's... I'm going to write in Google now. This is me workshopping a film. <laughs> 2022 hot actors and actresses. Like, who's up and coming? Like, who's who's going to be good here? Let's have General Ortega would have to be a shoo-in because she's in basically every horror film of the last yeah, year. Yeah, which, which is why I wouldn't cast her because then that would, that well, would detract God. from it. Be- like I say, I mentioned her earlier, but she's fucking excellent. She's really underrated as an actor. I just wrote an upcoming goffs then. <laughs> fuck's sake. Or even, um, fuck, uh, what's her face from, from Man? That's an A24 film as well. Uh, Jessie yeah. Buckley, uh, she's fantastic in that. She's really, really good. Yeah, like, if I was... Being cynical, then I'd have to throw in like a Stranger Things kid or something into it of some sort. Not one of the popular ones. I don't know who who's up and coming that that could be murdered by a robot. Uh, <laughs> let's have a think. Let's have a think. I don't like this. Who's this? Uh, no, that's rubbish. Who have I watched in TV shows recently? Just trying to think of who who could be good in something like that. I don't know, because you, you, you tend to go with unknowns that can act, don't you? As opposed to known names, because known names tend to not be very good at acting. Because, you know, you want a really good performance there, but you kind of want someone unknown that can give life to a role. I'm just trying to think. I genuinely can't think of anyone. I'm struggling because I just don't I just don't <laughs> follow that sort of circle of up-and-coming actors or even like the immediate lists on Google are just complete and utter shit, aren't they? All right, following following your your trend, right? What if yeah. What if they did a series of horror films based around classic fairy tales, but actually adapt them properly? So, like the Grimm's, like the Grimm's fairy tales. Could we do it in the style of? What's it? Is it an anthology? Is that the correct phrase? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All part of the same series, but they're on anthology stuff. Yeah. But you um, could have, but you could have, you could do, I'm just looking at, I've got Howard Candy over there, and I saw the little Red Riding Hood motif on the sleeve. But you could easily do Little Red Riding Hood, and you could have it so the wolf, like, rips her apart, and mm. just, like, visceral gore. And then visceral gore when like the woodsman comes in and cuts them open to kill the wolf or whatever, and what have you. But like, I know these are probably like the more sanitized versions. But if you get them, but you actually do them based off of the original Grimm stories, or even like what's mm. the um those weird kid stories, aren't they? It's like um ah oh god, they talked about it on a podcast, didn't they? Oh god, what are they like um. Johnny Scissorhands, whatever his name is, he picks his nose too much or something and then cuts his hands off and stuff. Do you know the oh, ones I mean? The like, yeah. Um, I can't think what they're called for the life yeah. of me. But they're proper grim, though, aren't they? It's like, 
Um, he didn't eat all of his food, so he died of starvation or something. You could easily do that. Make it a period piece or make it a, a modern. You could do it like a. You could do it like a modern, a postmodern thing. Right, I've come to a solution now about who I want to cast. Right, okay. I've decided that as the Marvel actors get sacked off, they should star in, star in my anthology of costume, children's cartoon murder things, so they, they have some work, <laughs> but they can do proper acting again. Okay, yeah, yeah, So, yeah, like, yeah. When, when, like, say, Chris Hemsworth is sacked off from being four, he can now go into this gritty, like, low-budget sort of horror film and be killed by Winnie the Pooh. Or he could be playing <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Yes, big, uh, mostly e- Winnie either, the Pooh. Either or. The, the, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that should just be where, where they all go when they've been sacked off by Marvel. Or, or they're in between films of, what what can I do? And it'll be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. I was musing about that a few weeks ago. Um, everything's going into the public domain now, right? Why don't we just get a shared interconnected universe of horror films, of stuff that's now in the public domain. Because, I mean, you've got, like, uh, like Winnie the Pooh's now public domain, as is evidenced by this fucking blood and honey film when it comes out. You could do Pinocchio. So let's let's explore that then. How many of those, how many of those stories, say, have a woods, uh, like a woodsman, like, a, uh, like a, a person, a character like that? Because then that's the same actor in all these films. <laughs> Even if the, the nursery ones have nothing to do with it, if there's if there's a wicked stepmother, it's always the same actress. Yeah. If they if they're, if they're going into a, a town, oh, I'm going got to go in town for magic beans, or I've got to go town to get wood for my my magic boy, or, or whatever. It's it's always the same town, the same townspeople. I let's just double down that this weird shit always happens in the same sort of place. Like that Stephen King TV show that they did, it was all set in the one town, wasn't yeah. it? And everything spun out of the town. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, Castle yeah, Rock. We'll do That's that. Um, yeah, yeah. we'll to- we'll totally do that, and we just want to acknowledge it. <laughs> just like there are all these interconnected, all these interconnected stories, but no one actually connects them. No one goes <laughs> to the woodman. Did you chop a murderer wolf the other week? Or saying, "Call, did you chop down a magic tree?" And or you know, you know what I mean, like. No one talks to Geppetto about how he had a wooden puppet and then suddenly it's a real boy. No one, like, challenges him on it. They're just like, oh, Pinocchio. And he's like, all right. They, they kind of don't, they <laughs> they just go with it and don't acknowledge it. But I don't mean in the way of which annoys me in most films going, right, main characters just read some of the information and they're not prepared to do an information transfer. That annoys me in films. But, but it's like, I just kind of want that shared universe where actually it's all connected and shared and that, but no one acknowledges it deliberately. Oh, that's it. I've got it. You could do it, but you do it like a detective story. Okay, yeah. Right. So you could do it like, see, I'm thinking of comic books now. Did you ever read, see, this isn't going to make any sense for listeners at home, but I'm talking speaking to you directly now. Did you ever read the... 2011 2012 run of the punisher because that had the punisher in it but the punisher wasn't the lead character was it someone following his antics yeah it was it was following these detectives following him Mm. trying to catch up with him you could totally do that 
as a like this fucking twisted fairy tale universe you go oh my god there's like these two detectives and they're just kind of going trying to go around to solve these crimes like oh my god why why is there this old woman in in this oven yeah you know been pushed in by two children yeah going to forensics and to an autopsy sort of (laughs) thing and then and then you know what i want i don't want it to end like the x-files where they type out the report and and their their chief of police or whoever goes I don't believe you, we're not, we're not going to file that report. I want the chief of police or whoever to go, fucking hell, and actually properly record and report it. I want that, like, <laughs> huge like SWAT teams and the FBI coming down trying to sol- solve these things. I don't want it just like everyone ignores these cops. I'm like, I just want an ever-increase in police presence. <laughs> like It goes from, like say, like in certain American towns, you get like the local police and then they call in, what do they call them? They call in the state police and then they go, oh, we can't do this. Then they call in the, the sheriffs and then they call in the special investigators and then gradually it works its way up to like the FBI. Then at a certain point, you just get like a huge town set up next door of just police. Um, <laughs> like, just, yeah. So, um, Roxmore, does that answer your question satisfactory from, from my perspective? That's, that's what we're doing now. That's, um, that's definitely what he asked. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's my official answer. Then, did you have a proper answer? Um, a proper answer. <laughs> Classic horror film that could do with a remake. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think of an old Italian B movie that's absolutely awful that could do with something. Well, you could do a remake of, say, The Driller Killer. Now that you can get all these cool Black and Decker, Black and Deckers, and like Bosch power tools. Imagine the gore you can carnage you could create with modern power tools. It's funny, I did think the Driller Killer. That's public domain, so arguably someone could do that. Yeah, and then for, to tie in the market in that, you could release the range of tools. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you could get a Let's sponsorship do... from like Snap-on or something. <laughs> Fucking Black and Decker or Bosch. Yeah. <laughs> Angle Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> We'll cut you know, through bone and sinew in an instant. <laughs> Get the new Black and Decker. <laughs> Black and Decker. Guaranteed, guaranteed to mutilate and dis- disfigure people that you really don't like. Yeah. That shitty yeah. punk band next door that you fucking hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. proof, 100% um, guaranteed for up to 100 kills. Um, Battery life of 100 kills. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 50, you don't 50 want kills and yeah. 1,000 tortures. <laughs> but then it goes into like you know the Duracell Energizer Bunny versus the Energizer Bunny, and it goes into that. Oh well, with our product, you can kill five times the amount of people before you need a new battery. Don't be caught out in the middle of a rampage with a low battery. You need the new Duracell Ultra. That's not a bad shout, actually. Do you know what? Fuck it. That's going to be because like, that was the first thing I did actually think of. I generally thought. Driller Killer, because that film is fucking terrible. For those of you who haven't yeah. seen it, so this includes Matt, it's 75% a guy going mad because a shit punk band next... It, the director's mate's punk band is playing, and obviously it's a good way to get them exposure. It's about 10% kills, and the rest of it is like fetishization of power tools that shouldn't work, but apparently do in the 80s. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, because yeah, when we once told that, that a lot of the power tools in it were cordless, and it, and this was in a time before cordless power tools. Yeah, were he has a he he wears a power belt, 
and they're all plugged into a power belt, if you can imagine that, yeah. Is that, is that like an, a Nintendo a, a Game Gear, a Game Gear battery pack. <laughs> I know exactly what yeah. you're thinking. <laughs> yes, it's exactly that, yeah. Oh, Fucking cool. terrible film. That, that's, yeah, a driller killer. And director, who would we cast? I would cast... Let's cast someone really handsome just to go really mad. So what's, what's Robbie Amell up to right now? Or one of, one of the Amell brothers, I reckon, could do that, maybe. I think they could go mad. Well, you couldn't have the other Amell brother, because, yes, I said Marvel, but he's DC TV, so he's unemployed now. So he's going to be in my fairy town sort of place, so you can't double his Driller Killer. Unless the Driller Killer also happens to... Is like a, a, a machinist, like a, runs a power tool store or something, and just happens to be in this. Um, oh, crossover with the machinist. We get Christian Bale to do it. He can lose all the weight again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. There we we'll go. Make sure solved it. We'll deli- there we go. We'll deliberately do that after a role where he's gained a load of weight. That's it's really <laughs> hard for him. Director, director. Should we just put Nolan on it because we know he'll work with Bale? He's probably the only fucker that will work with Bale. Uh, I don't know if he'd want to do something so low, low budget after dropping nukes. <laughs> True, he has blown up half of half of Mexico at this point and America with fucking Oppenheimer. The fuck is wrong with them? Maybe we give it to um, McG. He's worked with Bale before. Why, why would you give it to McG? <laughs> He's worked with Bale before. <laughs> that was the criteria in my mind. That's like saying He's yeah. He's worked with Christian Bale before. <laughs> Yeah, alright then, fuck it. We're going to get a really bad Driller Killer remake with Christian Bale from The Machinist. It's his character again, and, and it's going to be directed by McGee. Fuck it. There we go, done it. Yeah. Solved it. That's that's the question you wanted. That's that's the answer you wanted. We've done He's it. He's due a comeback, any? And what better way than with the Driller Killer? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he is due a comeback. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> as long as you're talking about Bale, that's fine. <laughs> All right, I think with that, we're done. We're done. Are we we're done? done. Okay. I think we're done. Yeah. That's all of the viewers, uh, listeners' questions out of the way. Wow, that's um, a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, unless you've got any questions, Matt, but you want to kind of shout Have out. I or... got any questions? I've got a serious question. Mm, Who that, wants my big box that, of worship that, CD set? I don't know what to do with it. I, I think they're yours forevermore. You've not you've not finished the content related to those. I just don't want them. <laughs> I'm not religious. And I just it was there for content and the joke's worn off. I don't want them anymore. <laughs> so if anybody wants them, genuinely get in contact with me. <laughs> Do, donate them to a local Jesus house. Jesus was a friend of mine. Well, he won't be when I give him away. No, no, he'd appreciate that. He's like, he's like redistributing the wealth and helping out people. Turning the other cheek. Um, he'd, yeah, he'd, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be down for that. Oh, that's all right then. No, that's fine. We'll put a loaf of bread yeah, in there. Jesus was a communist. <laughs> Jesus was the original pirate. <laughs> the original copyright troll. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Do I have any questions? 
thoughts? No, I guess um, that's it. I, well, I guess the, the final questions, anything you're looking forward to in 2023? Any potential Ooh. things of interest or things you want to plug or shout out about? Or Okay, all right. Um, to answer that, I've got lots and lots of stuff lined up. We're going to do the campaign of action this year. I'm, I'm calling it now. We're doing it this year. Right. So, so for the listeners, I've been proposing that for two years. I want Dave to experience some action films because he doesn't really do them. And as you heard from his Vin, Vincent Diesel attempt at an action film, like he's just so far below the below the gradient. We need to we need to prep him up, and we'll do some really good ones. He's not seen. We'll do some questionable ones, and then maybe I've got a couple of Brucey bonuses that even I haven't seen, and we can experience them together. Cool, oh, glorious. Cool, that sounds but good. We'll do. We'll 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 do a spread across. We'll do a spread of spread of action. It won't just all be shooting. Some of it may be martial arts. Some of good. it may be uh, not necess- not necessarily English language either. Oh, um, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll we'll do a good spread of action. Just just all year. <laughs> oh God, you don't know this yet, Matt. <laughs> well, maybe you do. Do, do I not? Um, Maybe I do. Um, I've got some Uwe Boll films. I want to do an Uwe Boll month. Yeah, I think we should. Because I've got. Are we going to play the video game? Are we going to play the video game times? <laughs> given that ninety-five percent of these films are just video game um, licenses that he's abused. Do we do we play the game to go? This is great, and then be even more disappointed by his films. Something like that. We'll. Or do we do that as a cleanse afterwards to wash away the sins? Quite possibly. I've got a couple of them now. Cool. So I've got Blood Rain, which is quite notorious. Hmm. That's the uh, one with Christina is... Loken, Yeah, right? Christina Loken, yeah. I've got... Yeah. Who they then recast for the sequel. Yes. Couldn't yes, even get is. her back. No. I'm like, God dear. I've got In the Name of the King, Dungeon Siege, Dragon Siege. Is that the one with Jason Statham? It is indeed. <laughs> is it is it the is it the extended cut? It's on Blu-ray because I found it on Blu-ray. It, that wasn't my question. What I don't know what one it is. My question is: know. is the extended I one? Because I, I hear rumours that the extended one's almost watchable. Don't you swear like that? So so we need to make sure we're watching the extended one for full <laughs> for full um, impact. I've also got. Um, Assault on Wall Street, which is one that people don't really talk about because it's not a video game property. Yeah, I was going to say, I've not heard of that. And it stars Dominic Purcell from... Uh, oh, no. From... Uh, Blade 3. Yes, Dracula. <laughs> yes, from Blade 3. Uh, I was thinking Prison Break. That is what he's most famous for. He's not famous for Prison Break. He's not famous for playing Pyro on DC's Legend of Tomorrow. He is most famous for playing... Drake in Blade, in Blade 3. And it yeah. also stars Keith David, who must have needed a payday, and uh, Edward Furlong, yeah. who I'm going to keep that comment to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I also learned today that, you know House of the Dead, he's probably arguably yep. his most infamous film, based on a, yeah. the Sega arcade game, House of the Dead. Oh yes, yep. Did, did you know there was a director's cut of that? And did you know I, that said director's I cut didn't. is called the funny version? Okay. 
Um, I did not. I didn't either until today at time of recording. Um, apparently, he it, the film starts with him being taken hostage and being forced to watch his own film. Okay. Yeah. The film's got alternate takes. It's got far sound effects in it. More of video game inserts in the film because there wasn't enough already. There's always more. And right. uh, it's got speech boxes that come up just randomly on the screen of quotes from critics. Oh. So I think we should probably watch that as well. I am so glad they closed the loophole that permitted him to make films. <laughs> you and me both. That's some teases for 2023 coming up there. The campaign of action, which is going to be an entirely mad-led mad led thing. Yeah, it, it will be... It will pretty much just be films in the campaign of action because yeah. I can't be playing video games. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I can't be watching you play video games I enjoy. <laughs> um, it's bad enough for ones that I, I'm split minds on. That ones I really like to watch you just fail through them. No, no. just just no. It'll be mostly mostly Good. films. Because at least I can enjoy the film. Complete global bollination. Let's um, let's finish this thing. Let's wrap up. Yeah, and so. and and end. Right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Yeah. All right. He's done. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. He's out the door. So again, thank you so so much, everybody, for listening for the past three years. It's been... You done? Tiring. No, they can't hear me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the past three years of the Anyone for Seconds podcast. Get in contact with us. I keep saying it every week. It doesn't change. We're on Twitter as at Anyone Podcast. We're on Facebook as well. Search for us. You will find us. Longer rants, rambles, considerations can be sent via email to anyoneforseconds at gmail.com. Anyone for seconds at gmail.com. Yeah. Do do leave us a like, rate, and review on your podcast platform of choice. It helps us grow the podcast and it helps with the algorithms and all that other shit. So we can infect more ears and such like. More Twitch streams incoming as well. Uh, over on Twitch as twitch.tv forward slash anyone podcast. Probably going to be finishing up Sonic Frontiers within the next few weeks of this coming out. So look forward to that with its many weird and wonderful names for streams um we need to leave people with a clip what we're going to leave people with well sounds like it's arnold does it it sounds like arnold does it (laughs) that's what i mean it sounds like it's going to be arnold that's the only thing of interest this episode really that i think has any sort of we'll do that correlation because our yet to be filmed and funded uh, anthology series. We don't really have any audio clips for that yet. Yeah, Total Recall. Cool. Drastomars! Ah. Michael Higgum, give these people air. I'll watch Total Recall tonight. Thanks again. Stay safe. You got this. And we'll see you in year four of the Anyone for Seconds podcast. Well, this is me, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and this is me on the screen here, riding towards the camera. Ow, that hurt. And mutants we have. I mean, later on we will see some extraordinary mutants. It was a great scene because she's trying so hard for me not to see the news. Here, this is my job. I'm a construction worker. See, right now he knows that he has, he has gotten to me.
that I'm now interested in that. Yeah, that was uh, the bug that was inside my nose. This is a wonderful scene uh, where I uh, come up to Mars as an old lady, as a fat old lady. Watch this, with the sweat running down, and that gives you the way that he is afraid. And it is... It that is, is acting, what he's doing. Yeah, he's acting, yeah. I love that line when I say he considered it a divorce. divorce yeah. yeah, great, great line. This is one of the famous uh, one-liners of mine. There's three breasts, huh? That's the one with the three breasts. Right. Oh. At this point, I think we we asked Sharon Stone basically to take part of her clothes off, but she was very timid here, remember? She, I mean, yeah, it she was makes a, a little thing there. <laughs> I think I took revenge in basic instinct, you know? Ha, 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 ha.